Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Royal Rumble 2019. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. It is January 27th. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Geary and... Raj, Matt Morgan must have been in Phoenix backstage tonight. Something must have happened. Nia Jax took his spot. Who's joining us tonight? Nia Jax knocked him out. And uh, Michael Wiseman. Michael, how are you? He's uh, often on our Winkley podcast. Uh, he's been in the pod business forever. How are you doing, man? Doing awesome. I'm, I'm trying to be a good stand-in for Matt Morgan. I don't have the years of experience in the ring. I can't grow the beard. I'm not quite as tall, quite as muscular. But um, I, you know, I'm doing the podcast, so it kind of makes me. I got one tenth of the Matt Morgan syndrome here, so we're doing pretty good. Right. Yeah. Matt Morgan's <laughs> got the flu. Uh, ah. Some of you may have noticed he was a little under the weather last night. Um, we'll see how he's feeling tomorrow. But uh, but yeah, he's he's uh, under the weather right now. Someone should check on him because if he was watching the Royal Rumble. He could have just, you know, given up somewhere halfway through. His body could have given up, you know, just given yeah, up. That was enough time to to fight the to fight the virus. It's a long, Perhaps. long show. If you if you watch the pre-show, um, started at three o'clock my time, five Eastern. Uh, so it was a, it's a really long show. It's you know midnight on the East Coast right now. Um, yeah, but you know overall. I still thought it was a very fun show. I thought that the the men's rumble match was uh, a lot of fun. I thought the women's rumble match, uh, the ending was super strong. Had a great ending. I, I I know they want to keep things equal, but I really think they should cut the women's rumble match down to twenty people instead of thirty. And once the r- roster gets bigger, obviously add more. But uh, I, I thought it was uh, overall a long show, um, but a, a thumbs up. It's one of those things where I think the you mentioned the women's rumble match being kind of cut down a little bit. I think the first half of that women's match was probably a little bit long and drawn out. I think it really came kind of caught fire down the stretch. But to me, the big thing for this show is we did not need number one for all these matches to be 20 minutes, 25 minutes, whatever. And number two, I think the tag match tonight did not need to be on this card. It really stood out to me in a way that everything else I thought was so good. Um, from the, you know, a few things here and there I didn't like, but, but talked about them so good, except for that tag match. It just kind of brought you mean the, the, whole- the shame, the shame match. Not, yes, yes, yes. The, not the uh, yeah. random Dawson and <laughs> no, 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 no. The, uh, the Shane McMahon Miz tag match against the bar. I just felt like it brought everything down a notch. And part of it was because that match was just too long. So that was my one area. Take that out. We're at least out of here by uh, 1130 PM here on the East coast. Well, on the pre-show, look at that. I mean, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode versus Razor and Scott Dawson. That was like the show main event. I mean, that was that was a main event match. You know, it was just so random. 
It was <laughs> random. I, I I wonder if it was. Um, I will when we run down the card, we'll we'll get to it. But uh, I wonder if it's a. Um, yeah, I, I haven't heard anything about uh, Wilder being injured. So I don't know if that's a, a message to Wilder. You know, he had changed his Twitter handle back to his real name. He was the one that his pinned tweet is about wrestling the Young Bucks, saying it'll happen one day. He's been the most vocal about being unhappy. Uh, so I don't know if that was a message to him because he wasn't in the Rumble. Uh, so we'll see. Take that, Dash Wilder, with your rugged good looks. Yeah. Wow. He's There's a handsome man. For you. <laughs> well, that's why I remember it now because Raj was like, how do you tell him apart? Dash is the one who's dashingly handsome. <laughs> that's a t-shirt right there wwe is gonna steal that idea and make it happen yeah um so man so let's let's talk about a couple big big points big picture stuff before we jump down into it i was reading on twitter all this this rumors about some appearances tonight that didn't happen i don't think they happened what was the what were the big rumors rush for the men's rubble in particular well this is why you don't go to twitter for news right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh roman reigns obviously was a big one and that is completely just off of the fact that uh he he you know wwe they basically came out publicly just days before the rumble saying that he's going to be in the rocks new movie they showed photos of him he's looking good um and uh he just opened an instagram account i don't know if he just opened it or they just hadn't been using it but his first you know instagram post was uh saying how he hopes to get back sooner and later uh or, or that the support is driving to get him to come back sooner so you know people every year with the rumble there's always these gigantic expectations just because you know we've had huge surprises in the past um but uh this year we had naya <laughs> yeah i mean i thought jeff jarrett was a good uh surprise jarrett was fun i, I like that it got the crowd in because i felt like they died off after the women's rumble match and yeah that was a it was a good surprise i thought and, uh alistair black i think he's probably now transitioning to the main roster hmm. when you look at these surprises in the rumble people always want these big things i mean it, it's it's fun every once in a while to have these legends come out when kevin nash came back as diesel a few years back that was a kind of a, a, a cool little throwback moment what I liked about the Jeff Jarrett return for this one night was they used him in a smart way. He wasn't just out there to get a cheap pop. He was in the ring doing something that was relevant to his character from back in the day. So sure. so, so that was a, a cool way to use him with a modern guy who kind of fringes on his gimmick. So I, I like that. But you're right. From, from the rest of the card, we didn't have those legends return kind of come in anywhere. Um, the Nia Jax thing at the end kind of felt like it was out of left field. Like that spot could have been used for somebody else had they wanted to do another surprise. Uh, I, I don't think it took too much away from this match, uh, but it, it just felt a little bit bereft of surprises, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, and no Ricochet, no Velveteen Dream. Yeah. I mean, it's great to see Gargano in there, but I felt like some of those spots, um, you know, like Jinder, uh, I get why they had Titus in there, but, uh, you know, Apollo, Baron Corbin, some of these guys didn't have to be in there tonight. I think sure. they could have sat this out and brought back a name from the past, uh, brought someone else in from NXT or NXT UK, uh, well, or 205 Live even. You bring in people from NXT and NXT UK. I mean, you saw Candice LeRae when she came out in the women's That was room. true. There I were mean, a lot of know, like, huh? Yeah, there was just silence for Candice LeRae was one of the, you know, one of the, I wouldn't say... Not a, not a bigger star, but she's well-known in NXT. Uh, you know, Rhea Ripley, when she came out, it was just silence. No one knew who she was. So um, to your point, yeah, I could see bringing back some legends from the past, but who who out there really can still go that would uh, be a good surprise? You True. Know? 
and I don't, I don't, I'm running out. I don't know that I like. I mean, I like having a few NXT people in there, but I don't like the uh, Royal Rumble kind of being their debut. You mentioned Aleister Black. If this is Aleister Back Black's debut or his call up to the main roster, I just don't know that this is the right way to do it year in and year out because it just feels like you get these guys in here who aren't coming up either, and so it's kind of confusing, especially to more casual fans about who are these people, what are they doing, and. Right. Do I need to be keeping up with them now? What's <laughs> Yeah, the majority of the people don't know who they are. The majority right. of the people don't watch NXT. Um, I, and again, I don't think this was Aleister Black's, like he's going to be on Raw tomorrow night. Um, you know, it's kind of like how they've done in years past, where Ty Dillinger's number 10, and he's kind of on the main roster within a few months. Like now he starts finishing up in NXT, and then eventually, you know, by the time WrestleMania comes around the next night, he'll probably be officially on. Is, yeah. It, that's, what I, that's what I'm guessing. Yeah. There were some good moments. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I felt like this was uh, a very well done pay per view overall, but there were definitely some stumbles and some things that I think could have been better. Um, and it was just—I think it was lacking a couple, couple more surprises, and I would have been pleased as punch, as I've said before, <laughs> um, and been mocked mercilessly for saying it. Um, you guys start- have some catchphrases around here. Please, this punch. What is it? Um, Nick always says every week. If you haven't winked. Um, <laughs> you, you didn't miss it. <laughs> you didn't miss it. Yeah. Oh God. I give him crap. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man. Uh, so opening up the kickoff show tonight, we had Chad Gable and Bobby Roode versus Razor and Scott Dawson. Mm. A mashup. Yeah, it was a mashup. Totally. Um, just random. I again, I just if Dash is injured. I, I, I just felt like this was a message. Like you're not going on the pay per view. You're going to use your partner. If you're unhappy, fine. We, we won't put you on. And um, and that's what it felt like to me. And then Dawson still, you know, took the loss. So it's yeah. it's, it's unfortunate that WWE is in the situation right now where all of their tag team matches on one of their big. They're probably I would argue their sec, third to second biggest pay per view of the year, even on the pre-show. But all of their tag teams around here are just mashups of random single wrestlers they pulled together they couldn't find other spots for. And and you look at this, and I think this match is a great uh, indicator for kind of what's wrong here and why guys like the Bucks decided not to sign with WWE um, when, when push came to shove. Yeah, if this if this isn't giving you faith that they're going to be pushing the tag division, right? <laughs> you know, right? Um, yeah, it was just random. Uh, you know, Razor uh, Akam is out with an injury. Uh, he's probably going to be out for a couple months. Razor worked a, a singles match on main event last week. Um, so did Gable he, light Gable light in his hair? <laughs> I didn't notice. <laughs> it's a little uh, unusual. Um, but it's weird to me that Chad Gable has become Bobby Roode Jr. Like this guy is an amazing athlete, an amazing professional wrestler. Uh, and I'm just so good on a technical level. And it's just weird to have him be like put cosplaying as Bobby Roode. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, at least he's on TV, right? Before this tag team, he was not being used at all uh, on raw. So it's something. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like it, it, they don't feel like a dominant tag team. Uh, AOP did. They felt like you could build another team to come after them. Um, and the tag division is a mess on SmackDown. I mean, I'm sorry, on Raw. On SmackDown, the problem with this tag division is those guys have just been in, been there forever with the Usos, the New Day, and the Bar. And, uh, you know, it, it's time to really get some new guys in the mix. 
It's one of those things too, where um, Bobby Roode is, you, you mentioned Chad Gable feeling weird as Bobby Roode Jr. I think Bobby Roode has just always been the, the kind of the outcast here anyway, because he's a singles guy. I mean, he is the guy, I mean, yeah, go back to his beer money days, whatever. But since he's been on NXT and been in WWE, he's that show off that individual who kind of stands by himself and takes the spotlight, putting him in a tag team division clashes with that entirely. So that's another problem. It's just, he's miscast. Yes, he is such a good heel. I mean, we saw that in NXT. Uh, He was a main event. You know, he's a top guy in NXT. And granted, NXT is different than the main roster. Vince sees people differently. But um, I think you gave him a a chance to go as a heel. And that's what originally I thought the the run with Gable was going to be. And maybe it still is. It was him eventually turning on Gable and being a heel. But the more he's in this, the more his stock just drops and drops to where when he does turn, if he does turn heel, he no longer feels like even a mid-level guy anymore. There's a, there's one other big problem I think with this pairing too, and that is Bobby Roode is very old school in the way he approaches a match and the way he approaches the ring. And Chad Gable is kind of like that newer school, uh, very technically sound, but not in the way that old school wrestlers were with the holds and everything like that. And so I think it just creates a weird mesh here of styles as well that, that don't translate well to the audience. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh problematic on many levels. I mean, Roode is now the kickoff you know, yeah, his tag team match is the kickoff match on the pre-show, first of three, mm-hmm. um, against guys that I'm sorry to say are just not in his league. If you look at a single wrestler for wrestler and match them that way, it's you know what we really should do? I mean, oh. with the women's tag titles, they're only introducing one set of titles, right? Yeah. Do the same for the men's. Combine them. I, I feel like you don't have enough tag teams to make a, you know, a good raw division, a good SmackDown division. Just combine them if you're doing it with the women's anyway. Do a unification match because. The Rods tag division sucks. SmackDown is just old tag teams. You know, it, it needs a, it needs a spark. Yeah, well, uh, speaking of sparks, let's take a moment to thank the sponsor of this episode. You know, guys, you remember the days when you were always ready to go, when you were a great Wee. singles act. But now you're a little older. You don't have that pep. Now you need a tag team partner. And let me tell you, my partner in the bedroom, uh, well, it's my lovely wife. But aside from that, my real partner is Blue Chew because that will give you the extra performance, that extra confidence you need in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. They bring you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it's the real deal. It's the stuff that works. None of this herbal crap. None of this, oh, hey, it's like that. No, this is science engineered to give you the performance you need where it counts. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, this is the key. They work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever that opportunity arises. No more thinking about, well, I want to get down tonight. So uh, that's going to be about three hours. So I take the pill now and then I'll be ready to go. And then, hey, your partner's tired. Uh, You can't sleep on on your stomach all night. It's a terrible thing with blue chew. You chew that thing, man. Uh, Get a little action going in the bedroom. And the next thing you know, pow, it's go time. And it is not just for guys with dysfunction. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. You've heard me, Matt, Raj, awkwardly talk about how we've tried it. You've heard our feedback, our testimonials. You've heard from our partners. Uh, the, the wow, I think, is the best way to describe it. You'll notice that's something extra. And it is prescribed online. It's the real deal. It's shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person's doctor's visit. No waiting in the pharmacy. And best of all, no more awkwardness beyond this ad read. They are made in the USA. And since Bluetooth prepares and ships direct, they are even cheaper than a pharmacy or going through your health plan. This is great. This is science. This is prescription medication to give you that edge. 
And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code WINC. Just pay $5 shipping and handling. That's promo code WINC at bluechew.com. B L U E chew.com. Promo code WINC to try it for free. Bluetooth is the better, cheaper, faster, stronger choice. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, United States title match tonight, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Rusev. And the yeah. title is back on Nakamura. What is up with how they're booking Rusev? It kind of hit me when Rusev was going to the ring and, and uh, you know, Aiden English is on the pre-show doing commentary, doing 205 Live, just how hot they were as a duo, you know, together. And they're out here. Rusev kind of got no reaction. And granted, it is the pre-show. And you kind of can hear the sound of people like looking for their seats, right? You hear it, it, it doesn't sound like people are settled. It just sounds like there's just commotion in the background. No one's really paying attention. So it's a tough spot to be in. Sucks for Nakamura. Won last year's Royal Rumble. Here he is on the kickoff, winning a title on the kickoff. But um, outside of that, I thought the match itself was, was solid. It was... Uh, it was good. I just think Rusev, uh, such an entertaining part of his act, has been taken away with Aiden. And, the, you know, is that striking when the fire is hot? They didn't do that with him. It was a good tight pre-show match. It feels like WWE thinks this feud is going to go on maybe a little bit longer. We're going to get some more out of this. But again, Rusev and, and Nakamura have become two guys who WWE doesn't know how to capitalize on. And so they stuck them together to try to make something work. And I think it's been an, a fine feud, but they don't have any long-term plans for either man, it seems like. And I, I think it's a shame because both men have kind of seen their their once bright star kind of wane in, in recent months. So, But it is what it is. you know. Somebody else is in charge of that creative stuff, I guess. Yeah. But from a fan perspective, Rusev's star hasn't waned the way they've booked him has, don't you think? I, that's caused his star to wane, though. I mean, listen, yeah. a, a year ago, we were all talking about Rusev Day, Rusev Day calendars. There was Rusev Day. Glenn last year was talking about Rusev possibly winning the Royal Rumble. Last right. Year. And there's a, there was no way if Rusev had come out tonight that we would have put money that he could have won it tonight. And I think that's, again, that's the problem. When, they, when he was hot, they didn't do much with him and they wanted to kind of go back and do something, but it's been that level of mid card, something to do with lots of wrestlers these days. Yeah. And they uh, split him up from Aiden, which was working well. Uh, Want to talk. So uh, of course, Nakamura did win that with knee to the head. Lana got involved with interference that distracted Rusev. So that sort of gave him an excuse to lose here. But uh, yes, welcome back to the United States of knock America. We're going to notice that, that one spot in the match where, uh, uh, Nakamura had Rusev in the front face lock and Rusev accidentally tapped. Like he, he was doing the, you know, yeah. like the wrestlers always do. The Try little, to, yeah. Right. But he accidentally tapped and they were like, oh, no, no, that wasn't a tap. But, um, you know, Nakamura, I look at Nakamura and just thinking like that when he made his takeover debut against Sami Zayn, and I was like, there's no way this guy isn't a huge star in the main roster, like gigantic. And the fact that they haven't been able to make him one would just cause concern if I was a, a, a Japanese wrestler in, in New Japan uh, to sign with WWE. If they can't make Nakamura a giant star, who are they going to make? You know? Well, and it, it's it's a shame, too. I mean, they've come back around with Asuka. Asuka's the other example of that, right? But last year, it did feel like, honestly, you go back to a year ago, the Rumble last year felt like a reaction to Wrestle Kingdom and how hot that show was with both Nakamura and Asuka winning their respective Rumbles, but hmm. they didn't push that forward at all 
past that state. And um, Nakamura, listen, I, I get it that he's he's different than everybody else, but he's the kind of guy that translates well. He's got the right style. He's got the right he's got the charisma. charisma. Yeah. Um, if you can't, yeah, to your point, if you can't do it, then then you're never going to reach that audience the way you want to. Yeah. I just had the thought. So Nakamura Tuesday, now that he's champion again, you think we get the promo where he says he's going to make Nak America great again? Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> sounds like something they would do. It sounds like it. They, they're, you know, they, they're coming up with this cute stuff that forum, like the Knock America st stuff. I, you but... know, they do that every time. Now there's a U.S. champion that's not from the United States. Kevin Owens, the new face right. of America. Right. That crap. It's just, it's tired. It's old. Yeah. It's very dated. Um, well, there's a certain but... undercurrent. There's a certain undercurrent to that too. Let's just be honest. That makes it feel uncomfortable because it's always drawing attention to. We can't ever let somebody be somebody. They've got to be somebody from a different place. And I think that's not a great thing to say as a global company. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, they're they're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fatal 4-Way for the Cruiserweight title. Callisto versus Hideo Itami versus Akira Tozawa versus champion Buddy Murphy. Um, I thought the most notable thing about this was Aiden English on commentary and Roger saw your tweet. I really dug this. He was melodic. He was rhythmic. He was unique. He sounds like no other person on commentary. Yeah. I tweeted that I keep expecting him to start singing, you know, <laughs> like when you hear him talking, I'm just waiting for him to break out in the song. I thought this match was awesome. Um, you know, I, especially like considering that these guys, most of the, the people in the crowd, probably don't know, you know, don't follow 205 Live. And they still got the crowd into it. So, I mean, these guys are, are so good. I wish the Cruiserweight division, I really wish it wasn't a, a 205 Live. I did, wish it didn't have a separate show because that kind of hurts it. I, I wish it was just a division on Raw or SmackDown and um, like the tags and the women's division. And it, it got time on the big show. And, and we, we've seen it with Conor McGregor. You can be small and be a big draw. You just got to get those larger than life personalities out there and, and let people be themselves. So I think, you know, and I think someone like someone like an Adam Cole, I, I right now it sounds like it'd be suicide to put him in a cruiserweight division, but if they, you know, again, if they had the cruiserweight division as part of raw and then let people be, you know, their personalities, then you could have someone like an Adam Cole in that role and he would be gigantic. Hmm. I, it, you, you mentioned the 205 Live. The, the, the match was good, right? But nobody knows who they are. 205 Live is stuck in this place where WWE seems very unsure what to do with it. Um, is it part of the main roster? Well, not really. But is it part of NXT? Well, kind of. I mean, it's going to be the, the 205 Live stars are going to be part of the, this World Collide tournament with NXT and with NXT UK. But you also, they get called up from NXT to come be in 205 Live. So I think it's in a really awkward spot right now. And, and I think... It almost would feel better if this was a subset of 205 Live in some way. Um, I, I don't know how you do that because I think everybody down there is so talented and has these style matches already. But if that's that's the problem. And, and unfortunately, a lot of great talents on this card get overlooked as a result. Well, Buddy Murphy retained. How long has he been the champ for now? Since uh, the Super Show. That was in October. Mm, okay, so <laughs> decent one in Australia. So three months? Yeah. Yeah, is it a good long run as the champion? Um, I think it's good to give all these guys a showcase. And yeah, there's definitely a lot of life left in 205 they're Live. They're talented as hell. Um, Buddy Murphy's awesome. Kalisto, uh, he is so talented, Grand Metalik. But as soon as they're together with the Lucha House Party stuff, I'm yep. just Lince Dorado, it, it brings them down. 
Um, you just it, it just makes you groan. But individually, they're so good, and together they're good. But that you know the stuff with the the you know. Well, Callisto, I'm assuming Callisto is still making main roster money. The other guys have a 205 live contract for substantially less, so they got to give him something else to do. I, I just wish they would come up with something better. I just wish the cruiserweight division would be more ingrained into Raw and SmackDown, not a separate thing, and that it would have more eyes on it. That's why when people talk about a separate women's show, that's not a good thing if you don't have a TV deal. You, then you end up with a, another 205 live. You know, it's it's better to have it as part of Raw and SmackDown because then you got so many more eyeballs watching it. What's Sin Cara up to? He's injured, but he should oh, be back okay. soon. Interesting. And there, uh, has, there was a talk, according to PW Insider, of pairing Sin Cara, Rey Mysterio, and Andrade together. And again, in the I SmackDown think, Lucha House Party. That's Smackdown. what I'm thinking. That's what. It came to my mind was, oh, no, not another Lucha House Party. Like, These guys are too big in the for Riot that. Squad, you know? It's like... At least Andrade and Raid, they're too big for that. Don't don't just clump them together. Because, yeah. again, in WWE, if you're not from uh, an American uh, nationality, by default, then we got to put you with other people so fans know how to take you. That's the way it always feels. Yes. Like. Well, hey, Buddy Murphy, right? do they keep making a big deal about the fact he's Australian? I mean... Yep. Yeah, so if Emma comes back, you know who they're pairing him with, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, now listen. Or I would the say Iconics. This. Listen, you could, you could know. I would be down with some kind of Mad Max style Australian uh, grouping here. That that could be pretty pretty awesome. But <laughs> yeah. you could probably convince Vince that that's actually what it's like in Australia now. Like, oh no, it's all Mad Max down there now. Uh, um. So SmackDown Women's Title Match opened up the main card which Becky Lynch, uh, which was Becky Lynch versus Asuka for the SmackDown Live women's title. And uh, this match I thought was good. It was very competitive. Wait, wait, did, we, did we say who won the Cruiserweight oh, match? Yeah, Buddy Murphy. Retained. Oh, yeah, with Murphy's Law on Hideo Itami. I thought that was kind of odd because they were really pushing during the match that Hideo would never won a title in WWE, and then he takes the pin. And he never will. That's mm -hmm. what they were trying to tell you. It kind of seemed like it. And Atami is another one of those examples like Nakamura. Like, yes, I was ready made to be a big star um, from If only Kevin Owens hadn't attacked him in the parking lot. That <laughs> no, <laughs> no. does. It goes back to that I mean, one moment. freaking Kenta. CM Punk stole his move, you know? Like, was... <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Um, so Becky Lynch versus Asuka in a very competitive match that Becky Lynch tap out at the end of it. Raj, I know on Twitter you thought this was controversial or a poor choice at the very least. I thought I think it's bad, uh, not controversial. I just think from a, stor a storytelling point of view, I just think um, if you're writing a script for a movie or a TV show, you want, and it's going to be the main event of your big show, you want your two people in it as strong as possible. And, I, and the example I made was Creed uh, or Creed 2. When someone's on the rise, like even the first Creed, you know, before he's on the rise, when he's trying to find himself, before he gets Rocky's help, he's knocked out by this guy uh, during a training session. But once he's on the rise and you're getting behind him, you're not seeing him knocked out. You're not seeing him floored. When he fights Drago in the second, how stupid would it be in Creed 2, they're building his fight with Drago, these two giant forces, to have Creed get knocked out by some random guy or someone else. Um, you're, if you're building the Becky and Ronda, Make them both as strong as possible and don't have, you know, Becky tapping out clean to Oscar. I, I yeah. think from a storytelling point of view, it just hurts. Uh, it just, you know, Hogan and Andre, you don't have 
Andre losing to Hacksaw Jim Duggan a couple months before WrestleMania, you know, or Steve Austin versus Sean. You don't have Steve Austin getting beat by Triple H by submission uh, months before facing Shawn Michaels. It's just building. You got your strong heel, your strong baby face, these two big forces coming, and that's what it should be. And, you know, Becky tapping clean to Asuka. I know it helps Asuka, whatever, but I just felt like it was the wrong match i don't think they should have had oscar versus becky lynch i don't think i think they should have oscar beat someone else uh so oscar gets the win she keeps rolling uh becky doesn't lose and you keep building that momentum i hate to say it but if they are going for the three-way uh with becky charlotte and ronda at wrestlemania and it looks like clearly with that ending tonight that's the direction they're headed in why not have charlotte cost becky that opening match and then even better that becky comes into the rumble tonight to cost charlotte that victory I, I think, I mean, I, I kind of just, I, I, I would normally 100% agree with you, Raj, but I think in this case, the only reason I would push back is because I think Asuka needed something. And we talked earlier about how Asuka was kind of lost after her big push early last year. She got beat at Mania clean and they didn't know what to do with her for a while. Even when she won at TLC, she kind of came away feeling like the default champion, not because she earned it, but because she happened to be there. And so I, I think if there had been interference, if there had been anything else here, um, I, I think it would have taken away from the moment for Asuka. Now, I, 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 I agree with the fact that a champion should be strong. I think they used her later in the night to make but But even that, so Becky is still being misused. They want to cast her like a Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's what this is. With the overcoming the the, the Bret Hart moment with the rumble the way it was, that's what it felt like to me. Not yeah. It's just one of those things where wins and losses don't matter. And it, 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 this is why I feel like they lose viewers and people don't get into the stories as much. Because you don't have – you never get the, the, the feeling of two giant forces – facing off like you did back in the day. And that would sure. draw tons of attention, right? Hogan versus Savage, uh, Rock versus Austin. You know, now people lose. It doesn't matter. They win. It, it, it's what it, what it is. It's not like these two protected people coming. And then you, you can't imagine either of them losing. And it, it really gets your uh, imagination going. I just feel like it, they don't do that anymore. And, and I um, saw tonight people talking smack about Becky Lynch for tapping out. I mean, it was amazing how quickly – some of the fickle public, uh, to borrow a phrase from Daniel Bryan, turned well, on her. Yeah, for all the you know all the endings you could come up with, her tapping is not the way I'd go when she's got this little badass character going, and then she taps out clean. Um, When's the last time she was pinned or submitted prior to this? It, that's what I'm saying. They've been protecting her this whole time. I don't think she's been pinned or submitted since uh, SummerSlam Summer when the when the push started when she turned, and. Um, I thought they were doing a great job and just that's why it just came across as just tone deaf. Their whole mentality of wins and losses, not mattering, mattering uh, just, it just hurts the story. It, it doesn't ultimately, it doesn't make a de big deal. Anyway, people are going to buy the main event. I just feel like it would be stronger. If it was Becky Rhonda in a singles match, I think a triple threat match makes it weaker. I think the story is always best when it's one-on-one -on -one, this guy against this guy. You know, back to my Creed reference. It, you know, when it's Creed and Drago, if you have Creed, Drago, and some other guy, you know, it's not as interesting match at that point either. <laughs> right. It's like I'm Hogan beating Andre. If it's yeah. not Hogan beating Andre and Orndorff in a triple threat, 
It's just not the same. I, I, I can't believe I'm going to defend this again because I, I totally agree with you 99.9% of the time. And I think, again, I think you're right. It does weaken Becky. I think people aren't thinking about that, though. And I, I normally hate the way WWE does its booking. I think the tap outs, people made a big deal about tonight, this and with Finn. And I don't think they matter because I think the way the matches were structured, both tap outs look like they were slipped in there. Even in this match, it looked like a, an act of desperation on Asuka's part. I think a pinfall would have felt too definitive. And by the end of the night, people were more thinking about Becky being a Rumble winner than they were Becky tapping out at the beginning of the card. So, again, I think it benefited Asuka more than it hurt Becky. Now, bigger picture, I think you're right, though, Raj. I think if Becky had gone on undefeated to Mania to to tackle Rousey, who has kind of been undefeated, I think it would have felt a little bit bigger. But um, I, I think maybe not as much as I normally would agree with. Becky needs to beat Asuka between now and WrestleMania, either at Elimination Chamber or at Fastlane. I think. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you separate them. You just let them go different ways. Now we're not. We're done with that. I I think. I think it should be Charlotte and Oscar at Mania. Uh, Again, yeah, yeah, because uh, Charlotte ended the undefeated streak, and now so you have that backstory, right? Like Oscar defending against the woman that ended her undefeated streak. I don't think Charlotte should be in that triple threat. I think it's a much stronger story. One on one, Becky going after Ronda. It might be a better match if it was a triple threat because Charlotte is so good. But again, it's story versus match quality. Because Becky versus Ron is still going to be a good match. They're going to have time to rehearse it, sure. time to work it out. It's going to be a strong match. So, do you want a, a, a little bit better of a match, but it hurts the story, or you have a good story that might draw other people in and people from the outside in? And um, and I, I think that's more important. I think that's what's lacking in pro wrestling right now. I'm worried that uh, by them giving Asuka this dominant victory that it could even end up as a four-way with Asuka, Becky, oh God, Charlotte, and Ronda. One of the worst early WrestleMania main events. Eh, there were a few. But um, <laughs> during when wrestling was really hot in like the, the late 90s, 2000, was when they changed the Rock versus Triple oh, yeah. H plans to that four-way. Yes, a McMahon and, in every corner, and then with a McMahon in every corner, and it just sucked. No <laughs> Linda McMahon in her comatose state. Oh God, that was oh, it man. sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So after Oscar picked up that victory, uh, and the internet imploded, or at least Twitter did for a while, <laughs> um, we got the Miz and Shane McMahon. Now, real quick, let me ask you guys yeah. this: yeah. Do you think Becky? Um, how much of it is? is like the Rusev day chance. Like people just having fun with it. Like they have fun chanting Becky or are they super into Becky? They're into Becky. They're super into Becky. She, because she didn't seem like the, they weren't going crazy during her match with Oscar tonight. That crowd was weird too. So I think that and match that we didn't say this enough. I think that was actually a really good match. Um, they, oh yeah, I, it was. The ending doesn't take away from that, but I think the crowd, I don't know what it was, but they were weird in the first half of that match and they didn't get on with it till the, till down the stretch and kind of caught fire. But, but I think it was just a weird start to that show, but it, it did work at the end. I felt like, but yeah, but no, they, people they, they were are, into her like in her entrance too. And when she yeah. like came into the rumble, but it was like, once the match started again, it could be the crowd. Um, yeah. Just this crowd. People have legit been into Becky ever ever since her gimmick got tweaked. Uh, coincidentally, around the time of Max Mad Max Fury Road, where she stole the mm-hmm. look from the redheaded girl in that, uh, when she switched her look to that, since then I feel like Becky. Everything I've ever gone to with appearances, she's always had the longest lines. You listen to events, she's always got the loudest pops um, of the women's stuff. Uh, she's definitely up there in terms of merchandise. I mean, I think the support is real, and I think what we've been seeing is that it went even more mainstream in recent months. Yeah. 
I, I, I think the issue was the audio in that arena. I think the the arena audio was off. I think they were struggling because it wasn't their typical show. And I heard reports on Twitter that it was muffled at the beginning of the night inside the house. So yeah, I, I, that I did too. Uh, but yeah, during this match, and because you could hear when they are loud. I mean, there yeah. were parts of the night where where they were loud when Becky you know, was put into the rumble, um, the pop when she won the rumble, all those were, were huge, but, um, yeah. So after that, the Miz and Shane McMahon versus the bar for the SmackDown titles, uh, the mm. Miz and Shane won celebrated with the Miz's father who now is proud of his son. Sure. He may have entered WrestleMania before, <laughs> but now he's a tag team champ with the McMahon in the second match. Um, the second, maybe third biggest pay-per-view of the year. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was, it was, this was the, it, it, it depends. Um, the crowd was kind of into it. Right. Um, sadly, I felt like the, uh, least exciting match on the show was Daniel Bryan versus AJ, you know, as far as, because the crowd was just quiet and they had a really good match, but no one's making a sound. So it's hard to like, have an exciting match when the crowd is dead. Whereas in this match, I thought this was the worst match on the show, but the crowd was into it. Um, the it Miz and Shane, they have a, they, it is fun. They have a chemistry and it wasn't bad. It was fun. Um, so it was, it was a weird thing, but I thought this was the worst match on the show, but it wasn't, you know, I thought this was overall a good show and this wasn't that bad. Shane jumped off some stuff. He it jumped. was fine. It's one of those things I said earlier where this is the one standout, especially on the main card, that I felt like the Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles match we can talk about. But this match didn't belong in the mix of all these world title matches and Rumble matches. Also because part of it just felt like a handicap match because they're trying to protect Shane so much. He, he can do some stuff, but um, there's just long stretches where it was the Miz getting beat up by both guys. I It was fine. My favorite thing, though, was at the end whenever they were celebrating with Miz as a dad, and I, I saw a tweet pop up that said that they hoped that um, this would mean that the tag team championships would be defended in uh, Freebird style oh, rules yeah. <laughs> with uh, <laughs> the Miz and his dad and uh, Shane all teaming up together. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, this storyline will be good for a while. When do you think The Miz turns on Shane? WrestleMania? Or is it Shane turns on The Miz? Oh, hmm. maybe. There has been talk about a Shane heel turn for quite some time. They've just never pulled the trigger. Um, so, yeah, they won that. Uh, Shane did the shooting star press on Cesaro for the pin and the win. So it was a feel-good moment. Um, and after that, we got Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Titles. And this went pretty much how people thought it was going to go with Ronda retaining um, and the the congratulating each other after until then Sasha wasn't having it and tossing up the four horse weird because they had already shaken hands in the ring and then she won't shake it outside the ring. I thought that was kind of a weird thing at the end. But yeah, it was strange. What do you think of the match, though, Rosh? It was weird. I thought it was... Um, very sloppy, but very entertaining. I was into it. Like I thought, you know, I liked. Uh, yeah, for first off, I thought just seeing Sasha, um, you know, in that big stadium in a singles match wrestling for the title, it was a cool moment because I've been, you know, following her and Bailey for so long and seeing the incredible work that they did in NXT, their incredible, th- you know, Iron Woman match that they had. So I always felt like Sasha has the star quality and it's just underused. It's not utilized well and so seeing her there i thought it was it was cool um uh you know ronda 
she's, you know, she's, she's trying her hardest. She's working hard. Um, and I just feel like WWE does not make her that as special as she is. Uh, she, her star power has fallen over the past year. Um, but she's still, you know, superstar. So it was cool seeing that. And I, I thought the match was, it was fun, but it was like, it, it'd be getting good. And then there was a sloppy move that kind of is like, Oh, they, they messed up there. And then it was getting good and they messed up. But then by the end, uh, you know, it, it was, it was a fun match. I liked it overall. Um, you know, Ronda getting the win makes sense. Uh, Sasha, it, it wasn't like she was buried or anything. I think this was this the first time that Ronda didn't submit someone to win a match outside of a, the DQ at, you know, with the money in the bank cash in. But I think this is the first time she didn't submit someone that she pinned them. Quite possibly. Yeah. Uh, someone in the chat, well, man, our chat is insane tonight. If anyone can remember if she's pinned anyone, uh, let <laughs> us know. But I, I think that was uh, the first one by pinfall, but I thought it was, I thought it was a good match. Oh, uh, Michael. I, I thought it was, I, I really enjoyed it because it was something different. I, and there were definitely p- spots that were sloppy. I, I think you got to give props to Rhonda, how far she's come in a year. I mean, let's keep in mind, she debuted a year ago tonight or whatever date that was. Uh, she, she's just, she has such a much better ring awareness. Um, she can actually move like a wrestler now, but she still has that MMA style to her. Totally get the sloppiness. I think she's always going to have that because she's so green. Maybe not forever and ever, but but right now in this run, she's still so kind of green. She's still a rookie, y'all. I mean, she's been wrestling for less than a year, but I think what they've managed to do with her time and time again is improve her um, and also find people that could really work with her. Like I know they've rehearsed a lot of things and her, her moveset is still pretty it's not that deep you know it's, it's pretty amateurish in some certain areas but they found ways to make her look good doing that and even the stuff i think you're right there's some sloppy stuff in there but even when it gets sloppy it looks like that kind of mma sloppy that really does work to ronda's yeah. favor yeah and and i think it makes that, it almost look real exactly and i i thought that was the thing that stood out to me about this match was yes definitely sloppy in some spots but Man, it felt different and, and real and kind of raw in some ways that we don't always get in a wrestling match in WWE. So I, I dug the hell out of it. I really liked it. Yeah, that's a good point because a lot of times, you know, like I love watching Ricochet, um, but you see the st- you know you see the moves and it looks very choreographed, not sure. real, and, and um, we, it, we and it looks awesome. But yeah, that is true. Uh, you know, a real match wouldn't look like that. Like you, you would have the the not everything looking crisp and you're you're working on the fly so yeah that's a good point but i think ronda has done a hell of a job and um yeah i mean as far as the sloppiness goes this was one of the most entertaining sloppy matches i've seen in a while so (laughs) do people still dislike ronda is that a thing i know i saw somebody on twitter ask about that do people still not like her she was booed coming out Uh. I miss that. Well, because Sasha Banks has been a fan favorite for so long. And we talked about this a year ago at the Rumble. It's like with Ronda, okay, now get ready for a year, possibly two, of Ronda beating all your favorites. Mm-hmm. You know, well, every it's, woman. It's fine as yeah. long as that's transferred, right? You you build all this stock into someone and then you transfer that to, and in this case, Becky would be the person to transfer it to. Yeah, maybe. We'll see if they like do Brock, it. Like Brock, you know, you build all that equity in something to transfer it over to <laughs> to someone, but I mean, they haven't uh, completely done it yet. Roman, yeah. I mean, they kind of did with Roman, but in the all, future they'll get there. All that Brock <laughs> equity, like your four hundred one k. Don't watch it week by well, week because it's going to go up and Seth down Rollins too. might be cashing in. Seth Rollins already equity. is made guy. Why? I mean, Seth doesn't need it. He does right now. 
He's he was he's been losing to Dolph Ziggler. That's true. So. Uh, Dolph, who worked everybody, saying he had tonight off. Yeah, you can't trust anything Dolph says. He's like Jericho. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so yeah, thirty. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that's good. Keep people guessing. Yeah, thirty woman Royal Rumble match. At first was Lacey Evans cutting a promo. So and real then, quick, uh, one yeah. one point. So at first. Uh, someone on Twitter pointed out to me that there was no WrestleMania sign. And so that means no pointing. And then on the freaking billboard, they throw up the WrestleMania sign. <laughs> oh, sorry. Actually, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. Never mind. It's after this match. <laughs> it's fun, Rush. It's all I'm good. My there was hope, though. They're no, a little we, out of order. We all had hope at the beginning of this match, though, that there was not going to be the pointing at the WrestleMania sign. Yeah. I think we, we were waiting a new beginning tonight, but alas. Alas. So Lacey Evans out in the number one spot, cuts a promo, and then out comes Natalia. How do you think this was for Lacey? This given her 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 big debut on the main roster at the Royal Rumble. She was in the match for quite a bit. She had some moments. Eh. Eh. I, yeah. And that was nice. I mean, she had a platform, but she definitely her first three things she did were all kind of mistakes in some small way, which was not a good look. I feel like you could tell that they're going to give her a chance. Um, I would hope so. I mean, clearly she was in the rumble for a long time. She started off, got promo time. Um, you could, you could tell that Vince likes her, right? Like they're higher on her than, than Nikki. Then Nikki. Yeah. Nikki is in and out. She, it's going to be a struggle for Nikki. Uh, she's going to need to really get over because on her own. They Whereas, need to do something beyond. She's crazy. Right. She's in a cage. She's crazy. Yeah. Like I, I'm going crazy, but you know, <laughs> which we see all the time. <laughs> you know, Vince has his, his favorites. And you, as you see Lacey Evans, you know that she's going to be one of them. Um, so she's going to get the push. Um, and, and, you know, she's got the poise. She's got, she's got certain things down. She needs, she needs some work, but uh, she's, she's definitely going to get that push. She speaks different too. She has a different draw to her. Like the, the, that Southern draw, that Southern bell kind of thing, I think will work in her favor as well. Uh, yeah, the, the 50s outfits, it just makes it, it just looks too gimmicky though. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like I you're want, trying want, to be, you know, it's like the bod villains. No one buys that you really think you're in the <laughs> 1930s. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see backstage segments with Vince and Lacey and Vince is kissing her hand. She's like ordering him around. Oh my, I need yeah. some tea. <laughs> Don't say that. Somebody, that it, it's going to happen. Yeah, I know. We're going to be stuck with this thanks to you now. Absolutely. It'll be great. It'll be fantastic. Uh, it'll give us a good more reason to get Vince back on TV. Um, yeah, I thought tonight, okay, here's the problem I had with this rumble is that it seemed like, I mean, with the exception of Natalia, it was just a lot of uh, lower card talent for the first half of this. I mean, did, was there anyone before Charlotte entered? Did you think anyone had a chance in hell of winning this? No, and I think that's the problem with the this this Rumble match. It's like there was three people maybe that really could. Alexa Bliss, uh, Charlotte, Becky. I guess you could maybe an Ember Moon as an upset. Not really, but you know, she's you know, she's at that level, Nia Jax. So, you know, there there's not that many the realistic winners. This really should be a 20-person match for now. And once, you know, again, you change that down the road uh, once you have more women on the roster. But there's obviously a lot more men on the roster than women. So, 
you know, adjust accordingly because this event was so freaking long and people were so tired by the end of this, this rumble match. He had two world title matches and another rumble after this. Yeah, that was entertaining. I mean, so we had, I'm not going to run down the entire thing. Let's just talk about sort of the high points of it. Um, I like Nikki Cross came out, got some time, got some action in there. I thought Charlotte was very good. Charlotte and Lacey got pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte and Lacey together. Oh my God. That's, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was thinking, I was just like, if Charlotte Flair wasn't Charlotte Flair, Vince would put them in a tag team. It would be like the Hollywood blondes all over. Again. <laughs> He'd revive the name. He's like, we own that still, right? Hollywood blondes. Make it happen. Have I'm sure Vince is watching it like, this is next year's WrestleMania main event. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh my God. Um, but I thought Maria Canellas, I thought it was nice to see her. I liked her interaction with Alicia Fox. I thought Candice LeRae was great. Um, Some of Vega. The stuff with the stuff with the hat and everything, it just felt a little dated. It was like yeah. the kind of comedy stuff you do with the women back in the day. Um, and Alicia Fox, I mean, we've been down this road so many times with her too that it just felt like her her kind of wallowing in the ring and, and whining was eh, really. We've seen that so many times. Yeah, yeah kind of work. I, I thought I liked the hat thing. I thought that was. I don't know. I thought it was fun. You would um, like that hat thing. Well, because <laughs> it's okay. So specifically, if you ever watched like the wire or you watch a lot of stuff um, about African-American culture, there's sort of this thing. Like you do not mess with a black woman's hat. You do not mess with her church crown. You do not mess with this. So to have Maria do that. And Alicia's reaction was just great. I thought that, I just, that was, fun I moment. appreciate how you compared the spot in the match to the wire. I think that's great. I think <laughs> That's never happened on this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just that saying, I, like they were doing, they were they were doing something a little, you know, I thought a little <laughs> more nuanced with that there. Uh, and they normally go really broad when they try and bring in things, from, especially from African American culture. So I thought that was a nuanced moment for the WWE. That's I don't all. think they put that much thought. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so um, I thought a great surprise was uh, Casey Catanzaro. So I tweeted out when she came out. Who in the hell is Casey Catanzaro? No, I <laughs> tweeted out uh, in my Jim Ross voice. Now, sh her, she's going to, that's going to be the woman right there. You know, Jim Ross, when The Rock came out at the Survivor Series, his quote was, you know, oh, that's going to be the man right there. Casey, uh, I can never say her last name. It's Catanzaro. Is that right? Am I saying it right? She is freaking awesome. Absolutely. She's such a superstar. She has tons of charisma. Um, I think she's going to be a gigantic star. I, I think she's, I, I think she's going to be huge. So I, I love that she was in this match, and I, I kind of thought in, in a lot of ways she stole the show. Alexa Bliss, man, she got a monster pop when she came out. Uh, it's clear people see her as you know a big star, but man, Casey was just—I thought she was awesome. There's a there's a draw to her because I was sitting there watching this with my wife, and she's like half the time she doesn't watch NXT, she just barely keeps up with WWE, and she's like, "Who's this? Who's this?" Casey Catanzaro, she knew immediately. She's like, "Oh yeah, the Ninja Warrior chick." And there right. is some real big draw there because Ninja Warrior is such a cultural phenomenon that I hope that WWE sees that and and leans into her like they have used these UFC stars as well. Is it though? I mean, is it a cultural phenomenon like the mass Singer is a cultural phenomenon? <laughs> no, no, Ninja would do. Lots of people legitimately. I wouldn't love... say cultural phenomenon. It's people. It's like what kind of rating does that get on? I don't know. Is that on the Paramount Network still? Formerly Spike TV. Like it's on where... NBC. No, no, no. That's Paramount is uh, Ninja Warrior Kids. Don't ask me how I know that. I might have spent an okay. afternoon watching that for some reason. I mean, it's, no, she was great. So the Hurricanes were a little like there was a little rhythm gap in those, um, but that's not her fault. Um, she's also 
only been in like a year. Has she wrestled? Completely blue. Has she wrestled in NXT? Has she? I don't think she's uh, wrestled. She, I don't think she's wrestled on NXT TV yet. Hell of a debut. She's amazing. All right. So randomly, so I looked Kat, it up. Cat and Cat and Zaro is what people okay. in the chat are. Cat and Zaro. American Ninja Warrior, this is a one random date in 2018 that I found in my first Google link, was drawing a 1.2 rating and 5.4 million viewers on a weekday night. Well, these so. days, I mean, that's like, you know, being cheers in the 1980s. I mean, right. That's what I'm saying, though. But it yeah, is. It's big. Maybe, phenomenon is not, not the right word here. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think that we get caught up in the MMA sphere and, and sports sphere for a lot of this stuff. And American that's Ninja true. Warrior could draw in another audience, I feel like, to let fans connect with them. Anyway, so people seconds. pointing out she hasn't been on NXT TV. She was in the Mayon Classic, though. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, See, so yeah, I thought her spots were great. I uh, loved her stuff getting back in the ring. I thought that was really cool how she... Yeah, uh, so many people taking Kofi's, Kofi's gimmick this yeah, year. Seriously, mm. Naomi. Naomi. <laughs> yeah. Casey, Um, I thought that was great. Zelina Vega coming out with the Street Fighter mask and the claw. She, has she done that before in an entrance? I don't think so. I haven't. I don't remember it, at least. It was cool. I really know. dug it. She was uh, at the uh, the the what's it what's it called? Is it called cosplay or cosplay? Cosplay, cosplay, costume, cosplay, costume. Uh, costume. Gotcha. Did did you see when she was at the whatever that was a uh, the Mortal Mortal Kombat Eleven thing uh, no. a week ago? Oh, I didn't uh, know she was at that. Yeah, and she was. I forget which character was, but it was like, good God, um, huh. she looked amazing. And she had a moment with Hornswoggle tonight. Oh, that was creepy. <laughs> is that now speaking of cultural like, what, references what was he gonna do if he caught her yeah like okay so speaking <laughs> of cultural references are like is there something i don't know about where latina women are freaked out by little people or something because <laughs> they treated it like we're all supposed to know why well of course she would be freaked out by him like i feel very I out of be. the loop I, I, if hornswoggle <laughs> chased me i would run away terrified as well and why was he dressed like the leprechaun still that's his still that's his oldest thing he's still a leprechaun in wwe well he's not anymore there's a new leprechaun movie out and it's not him anymore it's it's my most disappointing thing about this entire show is the fact that hornswoggle ran to the back just minutes before fit finley came out and i think that would have just been a great interaction right there they could have just given a look or something <laughs> right it's just a little something <laughs> something yeah so uh Hornswoggle, we'll see. Is he back? Who knows? Yeah, but so this Zelina was, was hiding under the ring, and Hornswoggle. And it was weird when she was hiding under the ring. Like they would keep cutting back, and she was poking <laughs> out from under the ring. Like the women's rumble was weird this year. It was yeah. very weird. Um, it was people. not good until the last six or seven people were in. Yeah. Um, so what else? What were some of the other high points? Uh, I thought Bailey had some had some moments there in the latter part of it, but then really this was all just a build up, right? Until Lana came out limping, yeah, and then she, uh, she was 26, 28, yeah. something like that. Yeah, and then I think she was actually twenty nine, wasn't it? No, I think I think it was before that. No, I think Nia it was, was twenty nine, so it would have been twenty eight. She was twenty eight. Okay, walking very slowly to the ring, uh, Becky Lynch took her place. And won. The Royal well, she Rumble. she was limping like super yes. slow, like a, like another person went in after her. Um, Naya did. Yeah, I think she was earlier. So I think she was like twenty six. According to wrestling, she was twenty eight. She was twenty eight. Okay, I thought someone went in after her, and then Naya came in after that, and then attacked her. But anyway, um, yeah, I think uh, they did a good job with that. 
Like, I think a lot of people assumed that Becky was going to take out Carmella or do something with her. So it was a little twist. Glenn, your theory will get into that. Um, I see that <laughs> happening. I hope it doesn't, but I see that happening. Um, just because I want it to be a one-on-one match at Mania. I think that's the stronger story. If it was um, going to be a one-on-one match, Becky would not have lost to Oscar tonight. Not the way you she would did. think, but in no, WWE, wins and losses no, no matter. It's it's a WWE booking thing. The other thing you got to think about with that loss is they want fans to be like, oh, maybe she'll pick Oscar because she lost to her tonight. It's just yeah. WWE <laughs> has this weird way. It's, I'm serious. WWE has this weird way of viewing the world where they think that some, it's they're in, they're the M Night Shyamalan's of pro wrestling, right? They want to twist you and surprise you. That's their main goal here, even yeah. at the expense of their. Story. Is there a single you fan think, out there? You right would think now? if 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 WWE is going to Seth Rollins main eventing WrestleMania. Uh, you know, at least for the WWE Universal Championship match or being one of the main events, he wouldn't be losing at the pay-per-view before clean to Dean Ambrose. But he did. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's how they do it. They, wins and losses don't matter. Is and and any, that hurts the storytelling. Is there any fan out there right now that either thinks that Becky's going to challenge Asuka at WrestleMania or wants Becky to challenge Asuka at WrestleMania? No, this was a blow-off. They're not, they're, I, I would be surprised if you see anything with Becky and Asuka for the next couple months. I think Becky should show up on Raw tomorrow night, call her spot. Um, although tomorrow, so we've got three weeks now to establish an entire WWE women's tag division because Elimination Chamber, <laughs> three Raws, three SmackDowns, then bam, it's here, and we're deciding the champions. So I think yeah, tomorrow we, night for the women will be all about the tags. Yeah, we've got, what, two months until WrestleMania? Uh, yeah. Two months and like a, a week, and then there's still two pay-per-views between that? It's freaking crazy. They need to... Drop one of those, combine it, just have elimination chamber. You don't need fast lane. You know, if you have the the you know the contract with the other, you know, the contracts where you have to have 12 pay-per-views, just add a second one in May or something like that. But it's between Rumble and Mania, you really shouldn't have more than one pay-per-view. I think Becky should show up on Raw tomorrow night, call it for Asuka and start building it, but I doubt they're gonna do that. It could. You mean call out for Ronda? For Ronda, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah and then uh, put Asuka onto a new challenger. SmackDown needs to get... Okay, so if Becky's going to fight Ronda at WrestleMania, SmackDown needs to do some heavy lifting to establish the, the women's single scene not being anchored around Becky and Charlotte and Asuka. They need to bring in some new women as credible challengers. Yeah, they've kind of got no one right now. I mean, Charlotte, I obviously, if, if Charlotte's not in a triple threat with them. Uh, that would make a lot of sense. But outside of that, it's, it's not really anyone. I wish I Shayna hadn't retained. Shayna would be great on SmackDown right now. I could also see a situation where they they treat Mania season like they have in the past, and we kind of get some cross-pollination here. And maybe somebody from Raw ends up challenging uh, Asuka through some like weird... Alexa. Yeah, like Alexa would be a great fit for this now that she's back. You have a, a, a face Asuka versus a heel Alexa. They probably have pretty good in-ring chemistry. I, I could see our Sasha Banks even coming off of this loss. They want to do something with her. Yeah. They tend to, you know, use the Elimination Chain pay-per-view, whatever. There's a way to do that. But Sasha and Becky are going to win those tag belts at Elimination. Or Sasha and Bailey are going to win those That's tag true. belts That's true. That's true. Elimination Chamber. I mean, they have to, right? Yeah. What other two? I mean, maybe Tamia, Tamina and Nia. I mean, who else makes sense as the first... Oh, WWE women. Oh, no, the other one, the um, um, Iconics. Iconics. No, maybe. that's no. that's what they they could they to, they're they're high on the Iconics right now. They're high if they're Not high. Really, on the, Iconics. the Iconics have barely been on TV. Lately. No, but they they use them in a way that spot. They they see them as a successor to the Bellas. That's that's just what that. I you mean, what I think could really so steal the show. What yeah. I think could steal the show. I mean, honestly, right? Like the women's tag belts, 
just like the tag belts, it's probably going to be kickoff show at Mania, right? Um, I would, I would think if you bring in Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai, they're a tag mm-hmm. team. You know, they've been doing tag team stuff. They don't need any more NXT experience. Kyrie Sane is awesome. Yeah, uh, so is Io great Shirai. Tonight. Yeah, uh, I would bring them in as a tag team and have them face Sasha and Bailey at Mania, and that match would be freaking awesome. I think that could be that could be the best women's match on the show. Yeah, you know They're what about the good. the Bellas in the in this tag division? Why not bring them back for a run here? Ugh. But they're still, I mean, Total Bellas is still doing numbers, still grabbing headlines. They are. They, I mean, same as uh, if you were to bring Trish and Lita, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, why not? Because they need, I right. mean. Get some names to get this division going. I agree. Yeah, make it strong. Actually, have the Elimination Chamber happen. Have Trish and Lita challenge for the belts at Mania. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, so or you yeah, have back- Trish and Lita win. Yeah. And Sasha and Bailey challenge at Mania, and they win the titles at Mania. I, I think it'd be a mistake to have Legends win the, the belts for the first time. I really do. Yeah. I think Bailey and Sasha deserve something. That's at true. This point. I agree. They've put up with the whims of creative, the terrible booking, the awful storytelling. They need yeah, this. WWE doesn't care about that. <laughs> right. Um, so after Becky won the women's rumble, it was her and Flair at the end. So we talked about, so the conspiracy theorist in me said, I think Flair is going to say that Becky's entrance wasn't valid. And that's how Charlotte's going to get added to the match at WrestleMania, making it a triple threat. Um, we'll see. I'm sure Tuesday that will be Charlotte's gripe on SmackDown live. Yeah. I, again, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope it's Becky and, and Ronda one-on-one. Yeah. WWE title match tonight, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. On the pre-show, Daniel Bryan cut a promo against a hamburger. Oh, real quick. So this was where the WrestleMania sign popped up on the billboard because <laughs> they didn't have a WrestleMania sign in the arena, and then they popped it up on the scoreboard. So Becky got to point at the Mania sign. Yes, afterwards. and it was not augmented reality. It was actually there. Yeah. and Oh, so the, the finish, uh, Becky had, you know, was, you know, selling a knee injury, and then it came down to her and Charlotte. They took a while to get her back in the ring, and then finally she eliminated Charlotte to win the match. So, good stuff. Yep, and Nia kept the heat going with uh, Becky. So, Daniel Bryan cut a promo on a hamburger, and then he had this match against AJ Styles. Daniel Bryan, is there anybody better than Daniel Bryan's promos right now? He was like on morning news all weekend long, cutting promos on anything he could talk to. It was fantastic. God. I think Daniel Bryan's one of the best promo guys in the company. Yeah. And the fact that he cut that that hamburger promo, that was before the event, right? During the pre-show? pre-show. Promoting the hamburger. The fact he's using this gimmick now. I mean, it feels to me a little weird that he's kind of like selling out his true intentions when he does stuff like that tonight where he's putting the burger over while, you know, promoting it while uh, doing his thing. This was like, well, dude, you're kind of crossing the line here. You know, don't, don't work too hard for Vince and his agenda. Um, but no, I love that uh, burger. Looked disgusting. Looked I'm, I'm a really big burger bad. fan, but that looked disgusting. Yeah, it did not look good. Um, so that match, I feel like okay. So this was very technical. It was very good. We've seen these guys before. Um, Eric Rowan came in in street clothes again, helped Brian win and retain the title. And they were kind of making him look like a what's the uh, a hipster. He looked like a hipster. Yeah, it's tree, tree, tree yeah. hugging kind he of guy. Converse on. He was wearing um, a flannel. The flannel. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was. A, he was a hipster. 
Yeah, hippie, a hippie hipster, but it's still, yeah. Like, like I'm not dogging just, on tree uggers. I like you could just smell the patchouli right through the TV. It's like that episode of The Wire where they had hippies and hipsters. It's just like that. Yeah, <laughs> there was no hippies in the Wire. I have a lot of hippie values myself. This but, is uh, this is the most <laughs> divisive. I mean, this match seemed like one of the most divisive matches I remember from in recent WWE history. There are people online. online. You read Twitter. Uh, uh, just in general, people love in the I mean, arena. Cr- no one gave a shit. <laughs> yes, that is yeah, true. Don't but do a long technical match in the middle of a 10 hour pay-per-view. Well, it's not that is it, well, th- that is part of it, but it was in a death spot. It you was know? after a rumble. The next match is just going to die. And it did. No one cared at all about this match. It was, you know, AJ, I need to, I need to stop getting excited about AJ matches because when I do, uh there's a, like a lack of crowd heat and and then when i'm not when i'm not expecting anything they're awesome like aj and brock and and uh I, there was another awesome one that aj had recently i'm forget a, a, aj and daniel bryan have had awesome matches on smackdown but in this in this event they were put in the death spot and they couldn't overcome and it was one of those things that i think if you were to pipe in crowd noise and if you could put in like a hot crowd this match would have been really good but because it was so quiet the entire match, it suffered. And they worked hard, but, it, you know, uh, it's not exciting when it, you have a quiet crowd. I have a I have a theory, which is um, definitely agree. I think this match, um, actually this match reminded me a lot of his match with Shinsuke as far as it was technical, but didn't go places where I thought it should. And, and I think that my theory about AJ has come around to, AJ needs the right style to be paired with for it to be an entertaining match these days. And I'm not no discredit to him, but you go back two years ago to his matches with John Cena. John Cena is not the most technical. John Cena can go in the ring. He's not the most technically sound wrestler. But those matches were hugely entertaining. You mentioned his match with Brock. Hugely entertaining. And I think we're just at a and point Roman. where... And, and Roman, right. Roman is not the most technical wrestler, but his matches with Roman were great. I, I think that when we get old school, New Japan style AJ and WWE, it's just not working for whatever reason. I, I, and it wasn't that they're bad matches. They just don't click with the audience. And that's just where we are. And I think to your point, Raj, that audience, that lack of audience reaction is really hurting all of these dream matches we've always wanted from AJ. Yeah. And I think uh, AJ's best matches, to your point, have been Brock, Cena. I mean, Cena, I think, was his best. Mm -hmm. Roman and and Brock, those Mm. WWE guys. I mean, they're essentially WWE guys, wrestling style. Yeah, because you take these technical guys that are so skilled and you have them do one of these Smash Mouth matches that's a little tighter, a little faster, a little more brutal. Um, and it just works. So I think that putting AJ against another wrestler with a similar style to his is, is the problem. I think you need to mix it up. That's what makes it interesting. Um, that's what makes it fun. So yeah, uh, Rowan came in, he attacked AJ when the ref wasn't looking and then, um, Brian was able to get the pin and the win. Once the ref woke up, Daniel Bryan retains and is still the planet's champion with the WWE world championship title. Jesus Christ. Uh, so Matt's uh, Matt Morgan's pretty bad with the flu. He had to go to the hospital. Oof. So medical facility, Raj. Medical facility. <laughs> Sorry. That is alleviation. He'll, he'll appreciate that joke. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah. So uh, I'm sh- guessing he probably won't be on this week but obviously you know the flu sucks so hopefully absolutely get your flu shots everyone yes 
even if you are a six foot six foot seven three hundred pound amazing in shape guy um I, I think that you look at um the ending of this match my favorite thing that came off of twitter in this space uh matt fowler of at ign um tweeted that he hopes that this has just been a ruse that daniel bryan has actually secretly been under the guise of, of ray wyatt for all of these years and this is his re-emergence into the wyatt daniel family. wyatt <laughs> <laughs> that's right so here we are so there you go <laughs> yeah um I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. It. Uh, I just think the the over the top environmental thing. Um, it just doesn't make him seem like a top top guy. You know what I mean? It's I different. Tree but- world order. You're saying it's almost too gimmicky. Yeah, think it's yeah, almost. It, little, yeah. It's unrealistic. I, I don't know though. It reminds me a lot of CM Punk's run when he did the um, Straight Edge Society, which is one of those things where it's like almost so extreme. But on the other hand, it it really does. I, he's there, when people are so passionate and so idealistic about one thing, and you know, say what you will about personal beliefs and whether or not you agree with him and think that some of this stuff is right. Um, but when somebody is so passionate and dogmatic about certain beliefs, it really does kind of grate your nerves at a certain point. Yeah, uh, but you know, at the same point, CM Punk became a bigger star after that, right? Eh, it's true. It's true. It, 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 I mean, it's it, it gets attention. It gets, it, but I feel like Daniel Bryan's kind of past that. He doesn't need to be so gimmicky. Mm. And you know, you can use his beliefs for that as to accentuate his character. But when that is his character, there's, I don't know. I just think it's, he's beyond that. Yeah. Then we had Finn Balor for versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE universal title. So Eric Rowan, real quick, Eric Rowan came in, interfered, uh, got Daniel Bryan to win. I guess this means the bludgeon brothers are done. Or do you think Luke Harper joins him as well? Because Luke Harper is ready to return. He'll probably be cleared in the next week or so. He's been working out at the Performance Center. Or do they just find something completely different? Uh, I could see them going through three on three and then the uh, Gallows and Anderson help AJ. Oh, yeah. So you could have a a little... Yeah, I mean, Gallows and Anderson need that. And I think that would reinvigorate AJ. I think actually AJ with Gallows and Anderson is exactly what he needs right now. I know. I just feel like if you pair them, I, we've seen Harper and Rowan together so much. I would rather not see them back together at this point. Yeah. I, you know, I think I think Harper. I think Harper's a great singles talent too. He gets underrated for that, but he's really good. Uh, he can go in the ring. He's got good size. Yeah, I, th- I think they need to change his look completely if they yep. go with that. But yeah, can you imagine like I mean like a Bradshaw style JBL transformation for Luke Harper, bringing him back with a new gimmick? It, it could be revolutionary for him and really give him a good little um a little run here. Little fire with, like a, with a suit or a cowboy hat or yeah. Bruiser Brody. You, you go the Bruiser yeah. Brody route. I mean, that's he true. Looks like he can... Just some kind of drastic change would really invigorate Luke Harper. Yeah, They've tried before, but we'll see. Get a haircut, trim the beard. Beyond. So Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Title. Finn coming out as Finn, not as the Demon. Finn got a uh, shitload of offense in this match. Looks like he had Brock Lesnar, but then Brock uh, grabbed him, got him in the Camaro lock, and Balor tapped out. <sighs> I feel like they told a really good story with this match, and then that was a weird ending. 
Like, I mean, I it was sudden. It was sudden, and it just didn't jive with me because with Brock, if Brock's gonna win, big guy, not the strategic guy. Like, oh, I had the opportune moment. I got the Kimura lock out of nowhere. I don't know. Brock is like about physical dominance. I. I loved it. I, I got to say, I really <laughs> dug the hell out of it, man. I, I thought it was perfect for what this needed to be. You, Brock put Finn over in a huge way. He even had to fight through groin pain, diverticulitis, revenge, right, uh, to get in here and beat Finn. And I, I thought that was a really creative way was to he just snuck in the, the finish there. I, I kind of I liked it, Glenn. I disagree, but that's me. I, I agree with you. I, I thought I thought Brock's really made Finn – it looked believable that Finn could win. Yeah. Um, it, it was, uh, I, I enjoyed this match a lot. I thought this was better than, again, I th- Brock sometimes with these pay-per-views, like, you know, when he faced Daniel Bryan at Survivor Series. Um, and going into this, I thought Daniel Bryan versus AJ was a shoe-in for match of the night. And in a lot of ways, this was it in a lot, you know, uh, the crowd heat, it was better than the Daniel Bryan versus AJ match. It wasn't all the way there. But I thought we uh, all believed and the crowd believed. And I think that, I mean, that's why the crowd was pissed with the ending. Well, I mean, it was designed for Brock to win. And I think Brock really made Finn look as believable as he could without being unrealistic. Um, you know, it was a realistic match. It was a realistic small guy versus big guy match. Brock sold uh, a lot for Finn. And I thought Finn looked good, uh, you know, through the end. I thought it was weird. After the match, so after so Brock beat Finn with with the Kimura, which I was the first time in a while I can that I think he's won a match by submission. I, I remember he beat Triple H in a steel cage with the Kimura, but um, I can't remember the last time he won a match by submission. So uh, it, it the ending did come out of nowhere, but I, you know up until that it, it really looked like you were like, oh man, maybe. Maybe they will have Finn win. You know, I want a rematch. I want a rematch with Finn as the Demon now. I, I mean, it was a good match, but do, do you really just want to see Finn get beat again? <laughs> you know what this is kind of reminding me of, though? It's like, think about comic books. I don't know about you guys, but I always as a kid loved Spider-Man, X-Men, Captain America. You know who I didn't enjoy reading in comics was the Incredible Hulk. Because he's the ah, big I guy. The Hulk. A big guy that just always smashes the hell out of stuff and always wins because he's so big. Like, I don't I don't give a shit about that. I like I to see the little guy Hulk. overcome the odds. But did you yeah. ever read the Hulk? Like, I mean, I'm talking month in a month out. Like you I got the Hulk comics. I watched the uh, the 70s show with Bill Bixby. Well, that was a little <laughs> different, though, because with Banner, the 70s show was more about Banner than it was about the Hulk. And that was uh, but, interesting. But you're waiting for him to turn into the Hulk. The whole show, you got to wait 45 minutes for that last, like, five minutes where he turns into the Hulk. Maybe that's the key. If Brock Lesnar <laughs> was just, like, some scrawny guy, and during the week we saw that story, and he turned into Brock, <laughs> sign me up. Dude, I, will, I think, I think Brock is awesome. I think uh, he shouldn't be Universal Champion, though. I think that, you know, the title not being – the title being a secondary thing on the show is is bad. Um but I do think Brock brings something like when you see him out there, he just looks so legitimate. Um, sure. and, and that's where there's a different philosophies for wrestling. People watch wrestling for different reasons. Some people watch wrestling as a performance, like 
you'd watch a dance you know they want to see cool moves and that's it and they don't care about characters or who wins or loses they just want to see cool high-flying action other people want to see that storyline the larger than life characters and they're really behind one and not the other and they really want one guy to win or lose and uh i think brock brings that element not the not the performance necessarily and I don't think there's money in a, a Brock um, Finn rematch at any point in the near future, because I think what you do is uh, obviously he's going to work with Seth. I'm, I'm glad they're kind of steering away from, from Braun, but they could revisit that. Who knows? It could be a multi-man match the way you love those Raj. Right. So, um, but, but <laughs> Seth likely going over and finally ending this at WrestleMania, it does set you up for a potential Seth Rollins, Finn Balor rematch at SummerSlam, which is, I think, the more interesting route to go long term here for Finn. So, but is the demon dead? I mean, I feel like we, yeah, it seems like it. They killed him. him. Yeah. They killed him on the, you remember when he first came out in the main roster, he came out as a demon all the freaking time. Do you remember that? It was stupid. Well, like twice, maybe three times. It was like for stupid stuff, though. He was like wrestling jobber of the week and came out. I don't know. It was dumb. Not on the main roster. He, he, he came out once before he faced Seth Rollins just to introduce the crowd to the character, but he didn't wrestle. It was and, the it was the Bray Wyatt storyline, I think, that killed it for me. And oh. I, I mean, I'm, I'm being ridiculous, but yeah, like when they were showing the like slideshows yeah. about yeah. Irish right. tales. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That Weren't you curious cool. about seeing Sister Abigail, though? Oh, um, man. That was the biggest, we never got that. biggest missed opportunity of the modern era. Someone that <laughs> was in production, someone that has the sketches. or the, You know they took shots. You know there was uh, the, the promo shots taken for that. Somebody please leak that shit. Yeah. I want to see what that would have looked like. When I talk um, to, if, I, if I could publicly do an interview with Bray, I'm gonna, that's going to be the first question. Is what was planned? What was your outfit going to be? You know, let's get right into it. Absolutely. I know too late. It's not too late. We can bring no Bray tonight. No Bray tonight in the 30 man Royal Rumble. Kind of a shocker. I thought tonight was going to be the re-debut of Bray Wyatt. Uh, He's been sending out those cryptic tweets. Seems like he's been wanting to do something for a while. But, uh, oh, no, we got Elias out number one with Jeff Jarrett. They did a spot. They were going to sing a song together. But then Elias uh, attacked Jeff. And from there, we went right into it, man, with Nakamura coming out, Kurt Angle coming out, Big E, Johnny Gargano, Jinder Mahal, Kurt Hawkins, Seth Rollins out at number 10, going on to win the Rumble. Um, Titus O'Neil did a play on his slide tonight, quick elimination after that. Uh, Kurt Hawkins got an elimination tonight. That was uh, notable. Kofi Kingston uh, found a way to stay in the match twice. We've got to start with Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Gloss over that. (laughs) It was good. I mean, that was the only nostalgia pop tonight, right? I mean, Angle has been around too much for it to really be a nostalgia. Well, yeah, we will get to Angle too, but, you know, started off with Elias, number one. And number two is Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett, who looked really old here, but it was such a fun thing. Like, you know, it really got the crowd back into the event, I felt like. It was a cool spot, a cool moment. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was, uh, and then you had Jeff Jarrett getting hit by the guitar, you know, so I thought that was a cool little spot. Uh, but before, real quick, before we get into this, uh, Lars Sullivan, uh, you know, was originally uh, scheduled to injure John Cena, take him out. Eventually, they did this other angle where Cena, they just said he injured his ankle and can't be here. And so Braun Strowman filled in for tonight for him tonight. So Lars kind of broke his silence on Twitter and 
he sent out a tweet via his social media representative, which is this character that he does on social media, uh, that said, there's been a lot of speculation about Lars recently. It's true. He went missing several weeks ago, and I was just able to contact him this morning. Lars wants everyone to know he's in a good place and is sorry to everyone he's disappointed. And then he has since deleted that tweet. So just wanted to give a quick update on that. Wow. So what do you think? Is it over? With Lars? Yeah. I mean, is he just not doing this anymore? Man, I don't know. I mean, he's he's got so much potential to be a you know a real player in WWE. I, I, but you know who knows with with mental ish you know mental anxiety and stuff that's stuff you can't control. I, I mean, you can get help and, and things like that. So it's all if he can get that under control. And if he can, I definitely think uh, because of his size and his look, I, I think he'll get that push if he shows a, 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 you know, a sustained amount of time where he's, you know, able to handle the stress of being on the main roster. This is a very petty company. And if guys are deemed as injury prone, if you don't shake enough hands, if you leave an event early, you get punished. (laughs) And with Lars, I mean, Vince McMahon thinks sneezing is a sign of weakness. What does he think about having panic attacks? It's it's changing a little bit though. I mean, let's keep in mind here where Mar Ronaldo is still working for the company and 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 he'd gone through some mental health anguish at one point. Um sure. Daniel Bryan's a great example of somebody fans were worried he were going to, was going to be seen as injury prone and not be given a push and he's your world champion on SmackDown. I I think it is a concern absolutely Glenn agree that um there should be, you know, some more, especially for a guy who was not established yet. And I think that's a big thing here. Lars was just kind of finding his own. Could he be slotted in with somebody different and they could replace him? But, uh, I, you know, never say never. And I also to think, you know, maybe WWE is softening up a little bit and understanding that mental health issues exist in this world. They're a real thing. And, um, you know, lots of people deal with it. And and maybe that, you know, destigmatizing those things kind of uh might work in Lars's favor but again it's also this has been an exceptionally weird one because he was missing um for a hot minute so um i I think that adds a layer of complicatedness to it that uh had he debuted tonight i thought that would have been great because the story the real life circumstances of the story set up perfectly for a triumphant ending sure i don't think we're going to get that given the way things are going well i don't think you want to put him in right off the bat a situation like that either what better way to prove though that he can handle it than in front of forty eight thousand, which no way in hell that's going to rumble. But you don't want him to be too strong right off the bat. That's true. Yeah, I, I think amazing. there's. I mean, it, it seems to me with Lars, a guy like that, you know, it's legit, and so I think that maybe you give him a pass on this, and you say, okay, let's try it one more time. If you've already invested a lot of energy into promoting him, everything like that, because um, the guy's not going to blow off an opportunity like that for no reason whatsoever. Right. I don't know. It's very uh, crazy circumstances. I hope he is doing well. I hope he overcomes this and can salvage this opportunity with the WWE. Um, but instead, we got no no way Jose tonight with Con- Congo line. Fastest elimination ever. I don't, I don't know how they you could tell the difference between some of those. Like Santino, it's always the same. As soon as they get in the ring, you clothesline him over. So you're talking fractions of a second. Jerry Lawler counted it on the air, Raj. Okay. He literally counted one one hundredth. Okay. He said, what was it? One Mississippi or whatever it was. So that's how you know the official count. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Lashley got quickly eliminated as well. He was not happy about that. Shelton Benjamin was in the Rumble tonight. 
Good Lord. Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Pete Dunne. Jeff Hardy came back. Jeff Hardy got one of the biggest pops tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, who worked everybody, saying that he was taking the weekend off, came out at 28. Uh, Ray was in it again. Alistair Black. Yeah. We mentioned earlier. Andrade. Randy Orton at 29. And our truth came out for that number 30 spot, baby, until Nia Jax kicked his ass and entered instead of him. What in the hell were they thinking with this? For a hot minute, everyone was like, oh, is Nia Jax going to win the men's rumble? No. (laughs) We had some man-on-woman violence in the WWE tonight. Yeah, I pointed out on Twitter. I think that's the first time in like a decade where you've seen intentional man-on-women violence, where they're actually going to, you know, hit someone. You'll you'll see the accidental stuff, like with Lana. You know, you know, Rusev accidentally knocking Lana off the apron. But as far as like intentional, yeah, that was the first time I can remember in forever. Did they do something with Triple H and Ronda where he? He got he he did something to her last year. Well, he was going mat. for like the pedigree or something. Yeah, and she backflipped him. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe it was like almost attempted thing. Yeah. Right, but he never actually hit anything. Nailed it. Like, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, the crowd did not seem to care for it very much. Uh, with Nia stealing that spot, I think they were expecting a better surprise at number thirty. I mean, we talked about it with our truth that he was likely not going to enter. I thought this was an interesting way to do it. I don't know. I felt like there weren't enough great surprises in this. And it seemed weird to me when everyone thinks, oh, Seth Rollins is going to win. And then Seth Rollins won. I don't know. I would have been happier, I think, if Braun would have uh, won this. But that would have been backpedaling at this point. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, Seth and Brock is supposed to be the mania match. So it makes sense. Um Yeah. I'm not just so sure what the SmackDown side is going to be. Daniel Bryan, you know, retains him and AJ. It seems like they've kind of done it enough now. I don't, I don't know if they continue with that. Uh, Kurt Angle was in this match. He came in number four. Yeah. And was out pretty quickly. I don't like how they're using Kurt. He's yeah. The guy that you just, you just waste. He, he, he returned out of house show last week was beaten by Baron Corbin. Um, the dude's a legend and there's value in him. So why just treat him into just somebody that's easy to beat? Why not use that equity that his name and his brand has and use it in a big feud with someone like an Andrade, like someone, a young star, uh, an EC three to, in a feud so you could transfer that and that you know the young guy wins the feud over and over and and then at least you're getting something out of it as opposed to making him someone that looks easy to beat doesn't mean anything and he's just there it's yeah. like with the, i don't know it just makes no sense to me samoa joe got taken out tonight by mustafa ali maybe we call that on the smackdown out. podcast yeah yeah we're talking about that yeah. Um, I mean, between the two rumbles tonight, I kind of preferred the women's. I thought the women's was more fun. Oh, really? I thought this one was way better. Yeah, I, I, I think mean, I'm sorry. Go I, I was going to ask what the difference on both of those, and this is going to sound like I'm just taking the middle, but I'm not. But I think the women's match had a better stretch down the run, uh, down the end. I think the men's had more going for it at the other parts. But neither one I thought were – neither one were the best we've ever seen in a rumble match. Either. Last year's were both better. Yes. I, I thought the men's didn't drag – you know, like the, there's enough big names coming in at different points that it didn't um, like the women's. I thought it didn't get going until the last 10 minutes. 
Whereas the men's, I thought, had enough stuff throughout the whole match. But yeah, there was never... There was never a super hot period, and Naya coming in at the end, um, she eliminated a couple of guys, right? She eliminated Mustafa Ali and someone else. I'm, I'm forgetting who else. Um, I don't know. I, I thought the, the Naya thing felt kind of flat, but uh, I thought overall it was more entertaining. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you guys. The the women's Rumble match last year. Uh, the men's rumble match last year, yeah, that was good too. That had Nakamura and Reigns at the end, and the fans were super into it. Yeah, I don't know, man. Tonight, this pay per view, maybe the expectations were just too high. I thought last year's was really good. I didn't think this was bad this year. It's just man, this felt long. This yeah. felt like hey, well, it was long. <laughs> I mean, what did this second only to WrestleMania this year? I thought this was this went longer. Yeah, this did feel longer than Mania. Yeah, it was like almost seven hours. I felt like Mania was six hours and 15 minutes. This was almost the full seven. It was freaking long. And, um, you know, I still feel like cut down the number of the people in the Rumble matches. And and I, I would say like cut down the, the intervals to 90 seconds, but they actually did. Most of these intervals, some of them were like 60 seconds, some were 90. Yeah. Um, they weren't very... sticking to the two minutes. They haven't done that for a while, but. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think as a as a whole show, you look at it from top to bottom, and I think it was a actually I'm gonna say a pretty good to really good show. Um I, I think if you look at individual segments like the match, I think too long is the right problem that this show had, like it was too long, but everything in between the beginning and the end for the most part was pretty good. Um I, I think nothing was like standout best of the year. I think that um I really do think that Ronda Sasha match was really good. Um, the Brock and Finn stuff was really good, but I think overall the length hurt how much good stuff there was packed into these 17 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're on the road to WrestleMania 70 days away. Expect some uh, announcements soon. Saw some rumors. I don't know how reputable they are, Raj, that uh, Cindy Lauper is going in the hall of fame this year. That'll be nice. If it happens, uh, rumors about the undertaker. And I'm sure there will be Makes a sense. lot more I mean, who else, who Really, who else is there? It's like The Undertaker on The Rock, and then you're getting into the ruthless aggression era, right? Because then <laughs> all the big names from Attitude Era and before are kind of in. Yeah. Um, looking forward to Raw tomorrow night, seeing the fallout from this, and then SmackDown on Tuesday. They're still going to be in Phoenix for that. They announced a uh, halftime heat at the halftime of the Super Bowl next week. Yeah, so, they, so they, this was a gimmick that they did back in the Attitude Era. They had The Rock versus Mankind, a title change on Halftime Heat, where uh, The Rock was, gosh, was he, did Mankind beat The Rock, or The Rock beat Mankind for the title? It was, it was the it was the infamous um, forklift. The forklift, where they and had the would, angle of The Rock going, no! Yeah, 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 yeah. So Mankind no, it, beat The Rock. Is that what happened? Was it? Yeah, yeah, because he put the forklift on. Yeah, yeah, it was Mankind using the forklift. But was yeah. Mankind was already champ, right? I, or I did, thought the Rock... did they do a switch between? Well, that was the year that they had that really brutal Rumble match. Yeah, um, so that's what it was. So the Rock, so Mankind had beat the Rock on Rumble. That was the one against Nitro yeah. when Tony Schiavone made the comments about butts in the seats. Then at the Rumble, Rock beat Mankind in that with all those chair yep. shots. Yep, and then Mankind beat the Rock with the with the forklift segment. Oh yeah, at, there we go. Halftime heat, and then they did another title change because then it was Rock and Austin at Mania. Yeah. 
So they uh, oh, so people are saying the rock retained. Okay, so rock retained at halftime heat. So they shot this angle last night as takeover went off the air. It's going to be Velveteen Dream, Alistair Black, and Ricochet versus Gargano, Ciampa, and Adam Cole. And yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, it's funny given that uh, Adam Cole and Ricochet weren't on takeover. I know we got a little blowback last night for our takeover views. And uh, to bring it back, I'm just saying it takeover last night was like season two of The Wire. Where, yeah, it was still The Wire. It was season two. Strong on its own, but just <laughs> not quite with the... You're like, who are all these white people? And why do I care about the, what's going on at the docks? You know? It had been on its own. It would have been a great show. But compared to the other four seasons, just not the strongest. You yeah. don't always talk about The Wire this much on your uh, post-game shows now? Is this, this is the most I've heard. <laughs> I need to go and watch The Wire. I've never watched it. How have you never watched The Wire? I know. Oh, my God. You you think WWE programming is bad now? Watch The Wire. All TV programming yeah. is going to seem subpar to you. Yeah. So about TakeOver... Um, yeah, you know, when I went back and listened to it, it did make it sound like it was very negative about the show. I hope that Raj goes back and listens to this podcast. I Well, I got a lot of negative feedback about how we treated it. And I was like, well, you know, it, it, to me, it'd be boring if we're just like, oh, yeah, that was a good match. Oh, yeah, that was a good match. Oh, yeah, that was a good match. Because these takeovers, they're all solid shows. All the matches are good. And so we were looking into why this one didn't have the same buzz as other takeovers in the past. And, and, uh, you know, uh, just kind of looking at it from another angle, but yeah, it, it, I forget how many people listen to this podcast and don't watch the shows. So they hear what we're saying, whether it's a Ross and especially with raw, there was a lot of people that listen to the podcast and that's when we'd get flack first every now and then we'd forget to give a result of a match because they don't watch the show and they're listening to us. So there were Which a lot is of funny that, because the WWE doesn't care about the results of the match. So really, why should you? <laughs> why should you? Yeah, it doesn't really make a difference. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of people came across that TakeOver was a bad show. And it wasn't. Not at, by any stretch of the imagination. It was a very fun, easy show to watch. It was a really good show. I, it just, I didn't think it was as uh, memorable and as special as some of the other ones. But it was an easy to watch show. Flo- it flew by. Um, so Yeah. Yes. I mean, maybe don't watch it tonight after you've been watching seven hours of other wrestling. But Good Lord. On any <laughs> other night, check Take it out. Take an Ambien, get some rest, because uh, you still got two more nights of wrestling, two more nights of us covering these things live after it goes off the air. Uh, lastly, before we wrap here, AJ Styles' contract situation. What's up with that, Raj? Yeah, his contract expires in April. Uh, according to Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer, he's expected to re-sign. Uh, so that's, you know, that's a, a, that's a good get for, you know, a good, um, signing obviously for WWE to keep him, uh, because that's a big name for if AEW were to a, were able to take someone away from WWE like that, that really, that's really significant. You know, right now they're signing a lot of people that WWE didn't have, but once they actually take someone away, that's, that's a big deal. And, um, so yeah, they're, they're keeping aj so it, it at least it looks like he hadn't signed anything yet but that's a that's a that's a big deal no absolutely cool well we'll be back tomorrow night after monday night raw to talk about the fallout from the royal rumble and of course we'll be back tuesday to talk about smackdown live michael thanks for joining us tonight anything you want to plug before we take this home here um you can follow me on twitter at the real wiseman i'm involved in various things including wrestling inc so um yeah i mean that's it that's me Cool. Raj, what do we got coming up on the site? 
God, so much stuff this week. Uh, interviews with um, uh, Scarlett Bordeaux and uh, the composer of Fighting With My Family. Uh, oh, nice. Spoke with us about the movie. Uh, did you guys get the Did you guys get the passes to Fighting With My Family on Tuesday? Is it playing in your area? Yeah, yeah I got San Sacramento. I got San Francisco and Sacramento, both too far for me to go. Ah. Uh, Michael, did you get that? No, it did not. What was that? So uh, they're sending uh, free passes uh, mm. for screenings for Fighting With My Family to network sub- subscribers. So, um, oh, I did not get that. They must not like. Let me check my spam folder. <laughs> where, where do you live? Uh, Winston, North Carolina. Okay. So it'd probably be Charlotte or Raleigh is where it would likely be. Gotcha. But um, so anyway, uh, yeah. So we got an interview with the composer of that movie, uh, Eli Drake, Ty Valkyrie. Uh, more from our interviews with Goldust. Uh, yeah, Drew McIntyre. Uh, we spoke to on a media call, so we got some stuff with that. So just tons of stuff this week. Awesome, man. Well, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can follow me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. I'll be live tweeting along with uh, Raw and SmackDown tomorrow night and Tuesday and all WWE programming live when I can. And here's something I want to ask the fans, all of the wonderful fans. We have so many people watching this live right now on YouTube. Know this is going to be a big podcast. A lot of people listening to it. Please, 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 please head on over to iTunes. Leave us a review of this podcast. Greatly would appreciate it. Uh, let people know why you love this podcast, why you're staying up to 137 a.m. on the East Coast to listen to our thoughts, our feelings, our perspectives, our views on the Royal Rumble. Uh, Your reviews, and uh, they really help other people discover this podcast, start listening to this podcast as well. And uh, the bigger an audience we have, well, the better it is for our long-term sustainability. Greatly appreciate you helping other people discover it, share it with a friend. And thank you so much for your support. We truly cannot do this without you. We hear great things all the time. Uh, Sponsors like Blue Chew, use that promo code W-I-N-C, who tell us all the time. We hear great stuff from your fans. They heard about it on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Wrestling Inc. fans are the best. We thank you for your support and we help you. uh, We thank you for helping spread the word. And we'll see you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care, everyone. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at mvmt.com again that's up to 50 percent off at mvmt.com when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply